Today is Friday, December 2nd, and you're listening to the morning announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the morning announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. We're starting in Congress today with a legislation to avert a nationwide railway strike. The Senate voted against legislating a labor agreement that would give railway workers seven days of paid sick leave and pass legislation that will prevent a strike but only give workers one day of paid sick leave. But that lack of sick leave is actually the main reason that the railway workers wanted to strike in the first place. For context, railway workers receive no short-term paid sick leave, so they either need to take those days unpaid or use vacation time if they're sick, which needs to be requested in advance, impossibly. Railway workers are also unique because they're required to be on call for shifts significantly more than your average job. Even when they're not officially working, they still need to be on call about 90% of the time. Also, if they miss work at short notice, they can be penalized and even fired. So because the railways and the unions could not come to a new labor agreement before the December 9th strike deadline, and a strike would have been a complete economic disaster, I should add, this legislation will enforce the labor agreement that they had reached in September, but had not been accepted by several of the unions because it still lacked the key thing they wanted, which was the paid sick leave. So in addition to the one little paid sick day, the agreement will secure a 24% pay increase over five years and more scheduling flexibility, though many workers argue that it will not do enough to address the toll of the inflexible work schedules. Can't say I expected for people to take that song about working on the railroad all the live long day quite so literally. The Ways and Means Committee in the House of Representatives is now officially in possession of six years of Trump's federal tax returns, following the Supreme Court's refusal to block Trump's motion to prevent that last week. The committee has fought to get these returns for the past four years, just in time for the Democrats to turn over committee power to the Republicans as they become the majority party in the House next month. So it's unclear how long the committee will have to examine or report on the returns, as well as when or if the public will get to see the returns or learn about the contents. Personally, I am kind of overseeing these returns, but I would like to see him return whatever else he might have remaining in that Florida document storage facility. Speaking of Mar-a-Lago, an appeals court in Georgia has struck down the special master who is currently reviewing the documents that the FBI seized under Warren in August. The special master review is now halted after the court ruled that the lower court judge, Aileen Cannon, was wrong to appoint the special master to review the documents in order to potentially shield them from criminal investigations. So goodbye, special master Raymond Deary. It's been real. A really big waste of time. While we're on appeal, another court of appeals in Texas has rejected the Department of Education's request to reinstate the Biden administration's student debt plan. The administration has said that they will ultimately ask the Supreme Court to rule on the program to determine whether the 16 million borrowers who have already applied for forgiveness will see their debt wiped out. And if anyone should see the merit in forgiving things that one has done as a student, it is certainly Justice Brett Kavanaugh. French President Emmanuel Macron made a visit to the White House yesterday, where he and President Biden gave a joint press conference and shared a state dinner. They addressed a range of issues, including China's increase in military activity in the South China Sea and Russia's Ukraine invasion. And Biden said that he would be willing to speak to Putin in consultation with NATO allies. They also discussed the climate provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act, 
particularly the Europeans' disappointment that incentives in the legislation to buy American climate technology will be a major setback for European companies. That's just capitalism, baby. Sorry, bebe. And finally for this week, we're back in scammy man baby valley again. If you thought the destruction of Twitter was going to be Elon Musk's final form, I have some bad news. One of the other companies he owns, Neuralink, announced that they are working towards implanting a computer chip in a human brain within six months. During an event yesterday, where does he even get the time though, Musk revealed that in addition to treating traumatic brain injuries by drilling a chip through the human skull, the company is also working on chips to be implanted in spines and eyes in order to cure paralysis and restore vision. Musk also said that the ongoing conversations with the FDA have been going well enough to start their first human trials in six months. In case anyone wants to volunteer as tribute for this Black Mirror episode. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving me a five-star rating on Spotify and or review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please share the show with your friends or on your Instagram story or TikTok. Your support has helped us grow so much and reach so many new listeners, and we are excited to keep it going. And of course, we are excited for you to be a part of that. Until next week, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.